Noah walked with God. First, we establish what God did, and then let's see what we can learn from Noah. You see, in studying scripture, it has to be theocentric, meaning God-centered. What did God do? What is God doing with the situation? Rather than what can we learn from this person? That's secondary. First is what God is doing, meaning it must be theocentric. What God did, how God thought about it. What was God's will? And then he called somebody, and what did this person do? You see, God works through people like you and me. One of those whom he worked through was Noah. God called Noah in the worst of times. It was a time where the mind of men were continuously evil. And God wanted to reset the earth. He would send the flood. The sky and the earth would open. Take note, the sky has not been opened. It has not rained yet during that right during that time that no, Moses was describing, it had not rained yet. There was a canopy over the earth. Since Adam, it had not rained yet. There was just a mist. But this time, God would open it, and the deep would give up its water, and there will be a flood all over the earth. And water would pour until all the earth would be covered. The world of men would drown, but not totally. A family would survive. Prior to resetting the earth, God had to save a few. God chose Noah and his family. Noah and his family trusted in God's plan. Therefore, Noah and his sons, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, would be charged to go and multiply and replenish the earth. The same command given to Adam and Eve. To go and multiply, replenish, spread out all over the earth. And we would assume in Genesis 1 so that they can take care of the earth. And the earth could take care of them. If you were Noah, would you believe God if you received the message? It had not rained. You have not seen a flood. The world hasn't seen a flood. And then somebody tells you there's going to be a flood. Uh, Lord, can you explain that again? What's a flood? What's a flood? Uh, okay, it's like water, a lot of water, and people will die because of this too much water. See, that was the case. It was hard to believe. It was hard to believe for, for anybody, but Noah trusted God. In Hebrews 11, it says he believed in God's plan. That was faith, believing in God, believing in, in, in the impossible, believing in what God said. The Bible said Noah walked with God, and he did in the midst of a perverse generation. Jesus did say, that evil will increase like the times of Noah before I come again. So when people are so shocked, Christians are so shocked with the evil in the world, and sometimes they give these shocking messages in Facebook, oh no, 
I said, that's normal. We have to continue the fight. We have to preach the gospel. We have to find a way to improve our society. Yet we must understand that in the last days, and we could be in the last days. When I say last days, since the time of the apostles until today, it's still the last days. But the coming of Christ, nobody knows. It may come in this generation or the next generation. We cannot really put our finger to it as to when. Because nobody knows the time. Nobody knows, Jesus said. But before he comes, evil will increase. And take note, the evil of today has been around for many years since Genesis. Even in the Roman Empire, it was so evil. Are we still shocked with the same sex marriage? It's been around for a long, long time. Sodomy has been around. Even the emperors of Rome approved it once upon a time. It shall increase. So in the times of Noah, it was a perverse generation. Disobedience to God became the norm, the normal. The normal thing is to do what people like. That's normal. To follow God wasn't normal. It wasn't in the culture. You see, evil has become part of the culture. But Noah would not accept it. He would still follow his God. Noah's faith in God comes first despite popular culture. Oh, yes. Popular culture. Everybody's doing it. It's the normal thing. It can be drugs. It can be premarital sex. Since the 70s, there's been a sexual revolution around the world which started in America and still continuing today. And right now, it was magnified because of social media. And it seemed to be the norm. It's normal. I tell you, it's not. You have a choice between having faith in God like Noah and being everybody else. Ooh, lahat naman gumagawa niyan. That's why Noah is a different kind of leader. He would believe in God no matter what. And he would lead his family. Ah, family is important. He would lead his family. Can you imagine the father explaining to the children, there's got to be a flood. Daddy, what's a flood? I don't know either, but there's going to be a flood. I can't explain it, son, but there's going to be a flood. Daddy, my, my, I'm engaged to a fiancé. She's asking, what's a flood? You know, he convinced his children that his children became his three carpenters for this ark. That's why it took, some scholars believe it took 75 years to make it. Some believe it took more than 100 years to make it. <laughs> of course, he only had three carpenters. You know how long that would take? Try building a small boat on your own. It takes time. It takes a lot of time. So, 100 years. So, Dad, are you sure there's going to be a flood? <laughs> yes, son, I think there is going to be a flood because, because um, our God said so. All right, all right, whatever you say, Dad. And their friends would be saying, what in the world are you doing? You guys are loco. Huh? You guys are loco. What are you doing? 
Ah, oh, you see, there's going to be a flood because of, there's so much evil in the world and God is going to reset the earth. <laughs> flood? Dude, what have you been smoking lately, huh? What have you been smoking, huh? You still have, you're one of us, man. We smoke that weed too. And what has your father been smoking? He's crazier than all of us. He's the craziest. But they kept believing. They kept believing. Noah stood in righteousness. He was a model to his children. Can you say model? He was an example. Say example. One of the things I tell people when we do discipleship uh, is to learn from God and allow God to, the Word of God to come deeply in you and allow the Holy Spirit through prayer to transform you. Why? The best gospel is our lives that people see. And I tell fathers that as well. We are under pressure, fathers and mothers. What's the pressure? To be a model to our children and to our children's children. And even if you're still single and you're not married and you don't have children, mind you this, that what you do today are stories that your children can hear about. If it is a good model, model your chill, you've been a good model, your children will hear stories of you from other people as well. Or if you have not been a good model, they will also hear stories. Oh, your dad, we haven't met because uh, he swindled money from me, you know. Can you pay? Uh, let's focus on ourselves instead of judging others. Noah was a good example. No, he built an ark to save his family and some animals from the great flood. Take note, every type, not every, not every species, but every family of it. Like dogs, there's so many dogs, but a wolf is like a dog and a dog is like a dog, right? It's not all the kinds of, of, of dogs and foxes but, or, or, or wolves, but there was a kind. Every kind that had to survive was represented. And the Bible said that it was God who, who did that. Can you imagine? You know, some animals have these scents, right? Before an earthquake, you'd see the rats go out. Even the snakes go out of their pits when there's danger. They could sense it far away. We can sense some too, but our senses are more different. We are more of the intelligent kind. So can you imagine all these animals? When the ark was ready, they were marching, two of a kind, coming. For one week. Why did it take one week to bring them all? Do not forget the snail. <laughs> so the snail and his partner were encouraging one another. We can do it. We can make it. <laughs> Took them a week to get to the ark. God waited for every kind of creature and then the flood came. Noah followed the plan to the detail. How big it would be, it was detailed by God. What does that mean today? Surely, we would hear less stories or sometimes outrageous stories of God speaking to people. Others meeting God in between death and uh, 
near death and life. And uh, it's, it's hard to say they're not true because so many have said it in the medical uh, field. Many have testified about it, though it's hard to prove empirically, except for the testimonies of people. But what do we have today? We have the Word of God. The Word of God where we can look at the details of the Word of God. When I say details, I mean the intents of the author. God moved the authors to write because they were given an inspiration, an intent. That's why we study. We look for the intent. And once we found the intent, what did it mean then? Then we can say, how does it apply to me now? And I'd like to emphasize that again because today if you give people a journal, a spiritual journal, and say, write your reflections on the Word of God. And if ever I collect them, perhaps many would, would jump to application. You know, they read the Bible. They jump to application. Don't jump. You will be misled. First, find out what did it mean then. Before you can say, what does it mean to me now? Let me, give you, let me just go to the side a bit and I'll go back to Noah. For example, in Corinth, when Paul said, uh, have the women cover their heads. Does that literally mean his intent is for all women in church to cover their heads? When he did not necessarily repeat that in other places. Paul mentioned that in that particular location. When he addressed them, he said, what's the intent of the author? The intent of the author is everybody should know their place. A wife, submit to your husbands. Husbands, you are under authority of Christ. And wives, submit to the authority of your husband because he is the most responsible for you. He has under obligation with God to protect you. What's the intent of the author? It's just saying everybody should know their place. It's not about covering the head. When we say study God's word, it is what does it mean then? Then what does it mean now? That's why pastors take a lot of time to study. Why? Because... Authors are dead. I have a lot of questions for Moses. I have a lot of questions for Paul. I have a lot of questions for Peter and John. We try to study. But you can study based simply on context. What does the context say? Mind the details because the details may reflect the context. Oh, based on the observation in this chapter and the previous chapter and the past chapter, simply observe and write your observations. And as you write your observations, you'll find a general message, a theme, a strong theme. Then you are now safer to know that this is what it means. But if you're so quick, wow, ang tingin ko ganito. If ever you hear anybody of that right here in church, you tell them, how long have you studied that? What are your references? Show me in the context, point it out to me before you believe them. Are you listening to me? I will hold a series of retreats under the banner of Seoul, School of United Leaders, and I will be inviting all of you. We will be studying. We started it with the youth and the adults uh, in the book of Romans, 1 to 8. We will continue that, and it would be an exposition. 
meaning a careful study. And there, hopefully, I will pattern away on how to study Scripture, not immediately concluding what you see on the surface. If your eye makes you sin, remove it. Why do you still have your eyes? Have you sinned with your eyes? Because it is in the Bible, but it is a, a metaphor. Say metaphor. Metaphor must not be taken literally. But you first understand what is the literal meaning before you explain the metaphor. Some are metaphorical, but a lot of it is literal. Now, how do we study it? Books are classified. There are wisdom books. There are books, there are parables. Parables are metaphorical, but they have a single intent. They are, they're illustrations, but we have to understand what is the illustration for? What is the context why this illustration was given? We have to study that. Why did Jesus tell the story of the prodigal son? Why? Look at the context. Why is it connected to the lost sheep and the lost coin? Look at the context. Even before that, because what? He was being charged by the Pharisees. Why are you always with sinners? Then he began to respond in three parables. Are you getting me? Why am I giving importance to this? Because it's not popular to study God's word right now. You have so many preachers are very quick to tie up verses that should not be tied up. Are very quick to conclude without really looking at the context of the study. That's why here we say the authority in this church community is the word of God, not the pastors. No, no, anybody of us, that's why we're equipping you to study. So that all of us are submitted to the word of God. But take note, make sure you are in context if you correct somebody. Not just, oh, I think, you know, what you think has no foundation. The word of God is foundation. If what you think and the word are not aligned, you are not anchored. Noah was anchored in the word of God Therefore, no matter what, no matter how bored he was making the ark for such a long time. Wow. You know, when my kids were small, I, I bought this. I kind of had enough with puzzles. I like puzzles, you know. Uh, we bought a 1,000-piece puzzle. It took a long time till when it was fully done, whoo, this was great. You just need a big table for it, you know, a thousand-piece puzzle. And my wife kept buying it. I said, can we change it? Why don't we build a castle? So we bought this puzzle, which is not a puzzle, but where you really have to make these little cements, and you have to put them together, and there's a blueprint, and then we made a castle. We have to mix cement with water and powder and then and put it in a mold and then wait for it to dry and carefully build the castle. We have to follow the detail. Because if one piece was missing, uh, sometimes it doesn't look good. It's, you know, a space. There's a space in the wall. Nobody builds a house with a space in the wall, right? A house is covered. 
The same way with the Word of God, we encourage you to study and learn and read the Word of God. Do not rely on your own wisdom or intelligence, on your own understanding. That's what Proverbs 3 said. Not to lean on our own understanding. Doesn't mean I said it, it's right. Check it. Amen. Do you check what I tell you? I hope you do so. Because if you just believe everybody, you'll just do it with everybody. Unlike the Bereans in the book of Acts, when, when the apostles came there, they checked. Is that really from the Old Testament? Are you really saying the right thing? Let me check. Ah, oh, it's the same context. I would agree. I would agree. But some disagree so quickly without even studying. Some agree so quickly, quickly without looking. So I challenge you in everything we do here. We invite you. Then if you think we are wrong, sit down with us. As long as you looked at the background first. You know what's the problem? People would tie up several verses together without connection. You know what the devil did when Jesus was tempted? He used his quoted scripture. He quoted scripture to try to deceive the Son of God. He can do that. Hindi porke may verse. Look at the context of the verse. Validate. No, according to this verse. Wait, let's validate your verse. And there's another verse. Wait, let's validate that verse. Oh, wait, let's validate before you can connect them. Ah, but popularity is the easy way. The easy way. The problem is even discipleship books have that. One lesson, a hundred verses. Three, four, five verses without even checking the background of each. Oh. Like Dr. Louis warned us, you know, the Bible really had no numbers before. The numbers were put there so that we can identify a text quicker. It was a great service, but also a great disservice. Because right now we got used to putting text out of context. And then getting another text from its context and forming a new lesson which may not be in line with the Word of God. Not everyone who quotes scripture should be believed. So we encourage you. That's why if you look at our outlines, we usually use one text, one context. And we quote verses just to support it after we explain the text and the context. Noah believed in God's word. So I encourage you, study God's word, believe it, put your life into it. I mean, anchor your life into it. But be careful, test every teaching. Noah walked with God. Noah walked with God, what does that mean? He was in relationship with God. He was in conversation with God. He had a relationship with God. And he listened to God. He built the ark. He listened to every detail and he built it. He was wise to do so. And Noah obey, obeyed God, number three, despite looking ridiculous in his generation. I felt this when I was in high school and I was a believer. When most of my classmates would not believe what I stood for. Yes, you would have less friends with that, but I didn't mind. It's a good thing. I read parts of the scripture which says, Blessed are those who are persecuted in my name. 
for they shall be blessed. When my classmates wanted to be drunk, I said, no way. No way, I cannot be drunk. Some of my friends had illegal substance in classroom. I said, no way. It's so close. They're your classmates. It's very close. <laughs> when we were in high school, somebody had the idea. Thank goodness we did not do it. For the sake of fun, somebody suggested we make our own pornographic material and we would be the stars. <laughs> because today it might still have survived and it's probably in social media, all over the internet. Somebody came up with a crazy idea. It's a good thing it didn't push through. And my classmates were rich. It wasn't a problem to getting the equipment. Sometimes you're not as popular. But it doesn't matter. And please don't be sad about it. Are you sad? I have no more friends. If you have a relationship with God, you feel complete. There's a completeness that, Lord, you will give me new friends. Whatever you, you don't want me to have, if I surrender it, I know you will replace it with something better. And I praise God after that. Then I learned that there were other people who believe in the word of God. I was able to develop friendship. Take note. God wants us to connect with others. Because he wants us to learn from one another. Amen. That's that why there is a church community. So we can learn from one another. We can learn to be humble from one another. Uh, be in front of one another. And learn scripture together. That's why it's called a body, a body. Sometimes you're here, but you're not so connected to the body. You have to be connected more. You see, when the body is joined together, every part looks good. Huh? It looks good. Right? You see, eyes are lovely, and so they're like windows to the soul, right? And when you go, you pray with somebody, you listen or counseling or, or prayer or conversation, just having coffee. You have eye contact once in a while and then because you're in conversation. Because the eyes are beautiful. They, we can look at the eyes. But remove the eyeball from its socket and put it on a table. You don't even want to look. Ugh. Whose eye is that? I don't know. Isn't it fascinating? Scientists might be fascinated, but as part of a body, it's, if it's not part of a body, it doesn't look as good because it's not functioning the way it should be. The same way, friends, we should be functioning well the more we are connected with one another. Noah at least had his family. Amen. They were together. Nobody joined. Doesn't matter. They kept doing it. Build the ark. Well, he looked ridiculous in his generation. No one ever saw a flood before during that time. But no one trusted God. His life is an example of faith. Can you say faith? Faith, faith trust, trusting the word of God. In application, we must walk with God. 
Start a relationship with God through faith. Believing the word of God. Believing what Jesus said. Believing what God said in his word. Build the relationship through the word and even through worship. Worship can be alone. Worship can be together. But worship is the heart reaching out to God. Glorifying God. Thanking God. God leaders walk with God even if others do not. Even if others do not, we must walk with God. Number two, understand God's plan and work with God and work with God's plan. We study God's word and then we have to work with God's plan. Have the desire to obey, to do what God said in his word. We must have that desire, not just studying for the sake of studying it, not just studying for the sake of debate. That's why you don't see me in Luneta and you don't see me in Central debating with some others there who just love to debate. You know why? Because just reflect on how to apply the Word of God in my life already takes time. I mean, this week I was trying to improve myself on this area and that area and this area. And my relationships would show it because relationships show your weakness and strength. Huh? Yes, they do. That's why when you, are, you have friends, you have family they can say, they can give a comment of, of parts that they see in you that you may not see. At least the actions, nobody sees your heart except God. But at least your actions, they can say. Reflecting and meditating and thinking upon oneself and how I may improve my life. How may I be more aligned with Him? That takes time. You see, we study the Word of God not for the sake of winning debates. Sometimes we have to, but as much as possible, we want to avoid it. Sometimes we have to because we have to say that we are saved by grace, through faith and not works. And I will proclaim that. If you don't want to believe that, you are not my priority. Debate less, proclaim God's word more. But if we have to discuss a major doctrine, I welcome you. Speak with me. Let us open the Bible. But every verse you quote must be tested by its context. Every single verse. Understand God's plans. Moreover, open your family to God's plan. Ah, the family, the family, the family. Something we learned from Noah. He brought his family in. They believed. What if some don't believe? Never give up. Keep praying. Keep sharing. And share God's plan as you study in Scripture. God's plan is what? That we come in faith through Christ. Through Christ. That we may be saved. The just shall live by faith. And true faith makes us repent as well from the sins we commit. True faith makes us want to follow Him, obey Him, be proactive in following Him. That's true faith. And then we are sanctified. We are justified by faith. Sanctified meaning we are cleansed. We learn our lives become transformed into His image. That is a life. We keep growing. Nobody's instantly perfect. It's a process. That's why we also don't judge one another because it's a process. But we encourage one another. We tap one another when we see somebody doing the wrong thing because it's a process. God's plan is to share this thing as well, the gospel. Then 
Godly leaders seek God's will all the time. If you want to be a leader of God, seek his will all the time, not your will. We always pray. I pray that God's will be done in our community, not mine. I have many preferences. Kung ako masusunod, marami na akong pinagong ngayon. But I have to say, okay, this is a preference, Lord. Is this something that fits the community? Is this something that is close to our culture or far from it? What would it be? The only thing I don't compromise is the study of God's word. Sometimes I'm a little bit loose in the type of music as long as the music has right doctrine. But I miss old songs that teach the word of God. Right now it's good. It's about relationship. I worship you. I'm thankful to you, Lord. You're all that I am. Fantastic. But how about stuff that we believe in? How about the stories of the past in scripture? Where is it? That's why I say to musicians, do not forget the roots of the past because that's part of our history. You know that Filipinos need more appreciation of history, but the only problem is this. The Spaniards erased our history. There are more documents in Spain than here. So we have no memory who we were. That's why it's, it's more comfortable to adapt to different cultures. To be influenced by others, colonials, because that history was erased. But then we should appreciate, at least my brothers and sisters, we should appreciate biblical history and evangelical history. What is evangelical? The renewal, the rediscovery of the evangel, the gospel. Oh, there was a dark ages. And nobody was allowed to read the Bible. Take note, during the dark ages. Catholics would kill people if they preached the Bible. Oh, it's in history. I didn't make that up. Read history. There was the Inquisition. What's the Inquisition? Torture. Torture. But one monk stood up, though unpopular. One day he took hammer and nail and what he called the 99 Theses and put it on the door of a Catholic church. And one shining light there is what? What he read in Romans, the just shall live. The righteous shall live by faith. Not works. It's not good works that we are saved. It is faith. It is faith. It is faith. Not the membership of a religious group. Oh, no, 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 no. In judgment day, on judgment day, whatever group you have, whatever religion you claim to have, that will not stand. It's about you, your personal life, and God. The judgment will be between you and Him. So being part of GCF doesn't guarantee your salvation. All right? Take note, I never said just join our group and you shall be saved. No, 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 no. I dare not. I dare not. For no one can be saved except through one name. The name of Jesus Christ. 
Number three in application, obey God even if it makes you unpopular. Be faithful to the Lord. Can you say faithful? Faithful. Faithful. Ah, even if your friends say, let's do this. Be faithful to the Lord. Preach the gospel of Christ even if others do not believe. How many believed Noah? Well, his family did, but nobody else. Well, at least his in-laws believed, right? Uh, his his daughter, daughter's-in-law. But nobody else. Is Noah a lousy preacher? No, the people were so stubborn and they don't believe. So what do we do? We share God's word. What if they don't believe? It's not about you. Pastor, I get hurt when they don't believe. It's not about you. So focus in my hurt. Grow up. What you need is military training. What again? Your hurt? What is this about? You or God? I can't do that here. I, love, I only do it in preaching because you won't be offended. <laughs> And people think Christianity is about personal happiness. If you hear that, don't listen to that preacher. That's a prosperity gospel preacher. Yes, God loves us. He gives us joy in our hearts. But he also promised suffering. Huh? He also promised trials. Now, before Joseph came to the top of his calling as governor of Egypt, or some say prime minister, what did he go through? Suffering. What is promised? The fire so that the gold will be purified. So I guarantee you, not happiness, but you'll learn to be happy with it. You learn to be because God gives you the joy in your heart. So even Noah was alone doing the ark with his, alone with his family, I mean, he was faithful. Godly leaders remain faithful. Never give in to any pressure, especially peer pressure. Remain faithful. And let me add that Noah's Ark is a type of Christ. You know, a type. It says in Hebrews that the Old Testament is a shadow. You know a shadow? I have a shadow, but I have me. Well, the Old Testament is saying Christ is the substance, but the old is a shadow. So in the Old, Old Testament, we see shadows of Christ, glimpses of Him. Uh, like I like this part when uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the furnace. There was a fourth man there. And it says, the Bible says, it's like the Son of God. I said, wow, that's a type of Christ. And even here, the ark that saves Noah and his family is a type of Christ. We have to convince people to come to Christ. Some will believe, some will not, but we just share to them, no matter how ridiculous you sound for crying out loud, are you still thinking about your reputation? It has to be stripped. None of you, only Christ left. Sooner I re realize it's not about me, the more free I became. I shared to my classmates, I shared to my friends, some liked it, some didn't, doesn't matter. Some were quite neutral. Most were actually in the middle. 
Until today, somewhere in the middle. And some of them, I realized, heard the word of God. I shared it to my cousin, my Buddhist Catholic cousin. Shared it to him. I gave him a, oh, praise God for Gideon's because I had a little blue Gideon Bible at my pocket that I always read. And uh, he was beside me in the jeepney during one of the funerals of our, of our lolas. And we were, I pulled it on him. It was a long procession. A slow procession. And I had all the time. And I was sharing to him the word of God. And then all I got was a blank face. You know, you're so enthusiastic about the, the salvation of Jesus. What he can, how he changed my life. I was testifying, I was witnessing. And okay. But then after many years... Many years. You see, relatives only see each other when there's somebody dies. <laughs> Some relatives. It's like a reunion. And then you get introduced to the rest of the family, right? So, um, then he said, Kuya, thank you. I believe. You share the gospel to me. I believe. And I found out he belongs to a Christian church. Then afterwards, after many years, he, he moved to L.A. My parents and I visited him in L.A. I didn't get to see him, though, because he was out. We were just there for a few hours. But the mother said to me, mother was not yet a believer, but she said to me, Oh, yo, your convert is already a pastor. <laughs> uh, not everybody believes. Some will mock you. But you praise God for every person you bring to the ark. For every person we bring to Christ, we are happy with that. If you're here and your family does not believe, we are your family. Jesus is your family. We are your family in Christ. Noah's ark is a type of Christ that could save anyone from spiritual damnation and spiritual destruction. Without Christ, there is only suffering. The lake of fire. Why? Because God is just. God is love, but He is also just. Because He is just, He cannot deny the justice. All men should perish eternally. However, He made a way. He sent Christ, His only Son. So that what? He is a type of an ark that they can come to. So that the justice will be satisfied. Jesus will take the blow of the justice. Will take the punishment of the justice. The sin of all mankind will be put upon him on the cross. He will die. But because he had no sin, death would not be able to hold him. Because the wages of sin is death. But if a person has no sin, death could not hold. He was only dead because of our sins for a few days. Then he rose again. But through him, simple message, but see... Do you truly trust Christ with your life? If you do, don't treat him like a religion. He is a person. What he wants is a relationship, not a religion, not a set of beliefs. It's not about that. Yes, we believe everything he said, but it's not about the dogmas. It's about first the relationship. And then you will have the heart to obey. Then the heart changes and the heart wants to because you have that relationship with him. How does it begin? Whenever you come up this building, 
read that verse, for by grace. What is grace? His mercy, His goodness. His favor that we don't deserve. By grace, we are saved through what? Faith. What is faith? Entrust now your soul to Him. Not what you think, not what you believe. Now entrust yourself to Him and what He stands for. Do not say it's about my works. Oh, Pastor Ed, I'm a good man. I never hurt anyone. That's not the point. The point is you still sin. And if you're focusing upon what you did and did not do, then you do not understand the gospel. You do not understand it one bit. If you say, because I do good works, then his death meant nothing. His resurrection meant nothing. Why? Because people do good works anyway. Why did he have to come? As a sacrifice for sin. And compared to others, he is love. Other religions would forget that word, love. They would all agree that there is justice with God. But he is the one who says, God is love. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your message. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the lessons we've learned. What you did with Noah was, was a, sh a foreshadowing, a shadow of what is to come. That the ark was a type of Christ. And your word to Noah is a type of the word of God. Teach us to trust your word like Noah did. To have faith in you in our lives. To trust you in every area. To believe in what you did on the cross. To believe in your resurrection. That you rose again from the dead and you are glorified right now. Father, we honor you and we praise you. Right now, everybody just say in your heart, I believe, Lord. I have faith in everything that you said. And I turn away from my sins. Give me that strength to turn away. I believe right now I should be following you. I trust what you did on the cross. I entrust my life to you. Shall we all rise? Thank you, Lord Jesus. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of His Spirit be with you all. And God's people say, Palakpakan natin ang Panginoon.